Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Rewards work. They just do. They motivate people to do things that they otherwise wouldn't do. I think back to when I was in fifth and sixth grade. Uh, Fifth and sixth grade was combined at this tiny school that I grew up at, and uh, they were doing some sort of fundraiser. I honestly couldn't even tell you what the fundraiser was for. All I knew was that whatever class raised the most money got a pizza party. That's all I knew. And I remember standing there over the donation bucket, and I pulled out of my wallet a $20 bill, which to a approximately 11-year-old Ben Blakey, that was a kingly sum of money. But I put it in that donation box. Why? Because I was such a generous giver. No, because I wanted that pizza party, uh, right? And that, that's just an example of how rewards work. And there's ways where sometimes rewards maybe make us do things that we wouldn't otherwise do in a way that's not totally healthy. But there are ways that rewards uh, are, can be a good thing. Uh, rewarding what is right, rewarding what is good uh, can be uh, a very helpful thing. And we see that even in the spiritual realm. Today, we're going to see how the Apostle Paul, he was motivated by a reward and motivated to do what? Well, that's all of part of what we want to see today in 2 Timothy chapter 4. So again, just This is important in our chronological reading. This is the last time we're going to read something from the Apostle Paul, because this is likely the last chapter of Scripture that he wrote before what we know from history, before he was killed, before he was martyred for his faith. And in verse 8, he speaks of the crown of righteousness. Um, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And you see there, see how Paul is living for a reward? He is living for uh, this reward that is going to come, this crown of righteousness from the righteous judge. You see, Paul knew... that he lived in a world that did not reward righteousness. He was about to be killed for being a righteous person. But he is motivated to stay faithful through all that because someday he knows there's a higher court than the one that he is going to be tried by. He ultimately will answer to the judge of all. He will answer to the Lord. And he knows that even though he might not be vindicated by an earthly court, by that heavenly court, and by that ultimately righteous judge, he will receive the crown of righteousness. And so you get this sense from Paul, because I know that, because I know that the righteous judge is going to reward me, uh, well, well, then I am going to be faithful to him, not to anybody else. Because ultimately, what he thinks is the only thing that's going to matter. And so what does that look like? Well, we see that in uh, the beginning of this chapter, even in what he encourages Timothy to do. 
He says to Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge, there's that idea again, the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Man, I love those verses. Um, he, he exhorts uh, Timothy there to preach the word no matter what, even when it's not popular because people want to hear what they want to hear. Keep preaching the word. And you see, he already brings up some of these ideas that he'll come back to in verse eight, because God is the judge and he will appear and his kingdom is coming. So you better with your words, preach his word and not what you think people want to hear. That's what you need to do, Timothy. And so that's where there's an application for all of us. Um, For me as a pastor, there's that implication to preach the word, not what I think people want to hear. Uh, For many of you who aren't preachers, the application is come ready to hear the word and not what you want to hear. Be ready to be challenged. Come humbly before the word, uh, not coming as a critic of the word. And I love verse five. This is great for anybody serving in any kind of ministry. As for you, always keep your head on straight, be sober-minded, endure suffering, realize there's going to be problems, there's going to be unfair criticisms, there's going to be challenges. Do the work of an evangelist, keep your eyes on the prize of the gospel, and fulfill your ministry. Keep going, keep doing whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, This is what Paul has done, and now he ends with really this valedictory statement in verses 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And that passage sets such a good goal for all of us. We might not all be pastors, we might not all be leaders in in, uh, different ministries or whatever it may be, but we all should aspire to be able to someday, when we know the end is near, say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith because I was thinking about the reward. And, and didn't, don't you remember seeing that in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11? This reminds me very much of uh, Moses and just the things that he thought. Verse 26 of Hebrews 11 says he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So Moses, Paul, they were looking past this life to the reward, and that motivated them to do, I'm going to do what's right, not what I feel is popular. And that's something that we all need. We need to be loving his appearing, saying, hey, I'm not living for the promotion or for retirement or for family or for any of these things. I am living for the day when Jesus Christ will appear and he will come back. That's what matters. 
And so I hope you're encouraged by that from 2 Timothy today as you think about the reward. Uh, You see Paul saying, Uh, some different things about people. You you see how there's some people that are still useful to him. There's some that have abandoned him. You you think of Demas. He was in love with this present world, uh, whatever that meant specifically. And and he had abandoned or deserted Paul. But you see also in the midst of, you know, some people are really coming through for Paul. Some people have failed Paul. But in verse 17, he says, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Uh, That's such an encouraging thing. God not only has offered us this reward for faithfulness to him, he's also promised, I will bring you through all the dangers to get there to that reward. And I love how you see that faith. Paul knows it's not me and my effort that's getting to the end of this race and getting this reward. Ultimately, God is rescuing me continually. And to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let's go back to Ezekiel, where we're looking at chapters 5 through 9 today. And you see in chapters 5, 6, and 7, this will sound uh, pretty similar to um, parts of Jeremiah, where you see God's wrath coming and even describing some will be killed by the sword, some will die really in this pestilence, some will um, be scattered. And so you you see all of of this here uh, in these chapters, but in chapter eight, something important happens where he is sitting in the presence of the elders of Judah, and then it's clear somehow he is transported. He is in Babylon, but he is transported somehow uh, to Jerusalem, and he sees in this vision uh, the atrocities that are going on in the city of Jerusalem and even in the temple. Uh, And so he sees people worshiping false gods in the temple. He sees people uh, turn with, it's so sad at the end of verse eight uh, with their backs to the temple and worshiping the, the rising sun in the east. And then you see that these idolaters are going to be killed. It's very interesting in chapter 9, the Lord says uh, to this angel, um, pass through the city, through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed in it. Now, that's a good word for us. God wants us to be those people who sigh and groan over the sin that surrounds us. Remember what Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn. So even as you perhaps gather with some family over the next few days and and give thanks, that there's a lot to give thanks for, and it's good to have some time to set aside to do that. But also we should remember that there's a lot to grieve that's going on in our society as well. And that's not unique to our society. That's really been true throughout uh human history, that there is a lot to grieve. There's a lot to sigh and groan over in human behavior. But God, he notes those who don't just participate in the sin, but set themselves apart from the sin and sigh and groan over the fact that the sin has been committed. And I think that gets us right back to where we started, that we sigh and groan over the sin because we know it's not about right here and right now. We know it's not about what's popular. We know it's not about what gets the approval of men. The only thing that matters is what does the righteous judge think? 
And I hope that today's reading gets us all a little more ready for that. And now as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday, here is what we're going to do these next three days. As many of you will be traveling or celebrating with family and your normal schedules will uh, not be in place. We're still going to have the podcast each day, but it's probably just going to be a brief uh, one nugget thing every day that keeps us going, keeps us moving. So I want to encourage you, keep reading the Bible and we'll try to comment on at least one thing per day for the rest of the week. And I do hope you all have have a very happy Thanksgiving and that you truly give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.